welcome to PD in a Pod, where we will help you unlock the best strategies to create proactive schools. Join our hosts, Stacy and AT, as they journey through the latest professional development topics in education. This podcast will provide practical strategies for building culture, designing engaging lessons, using data to drive instruction, and developing multi-tiered systems of support for every student. Welcome to PD in a Pod, the podcast where we discuss proactive solutions to current teaching and learning challenges. I'm Stacey Owens-Helms, host and educational consultant with Proactive Ed. So glad you clicked on our podcast today and hope you find this content relevant and maybe even a little thought-provoking. And you definitely won't want to miss the corny dad jokes at the end that AT has become famous for sharing everywhere he goes. So. I'd like to welcome A.T. Nelson, former NASA systems engineer, school administrator, and now author of his first book, Proactive Schools, a step-by-step guide for data-driven instructional cycles. Hi, A.T., welcome to the show. Hi, Stacy. Welcome as well, and thank you for having me on today. I am looking forward to another fantastic day where we give the audience PD in a pod. Absolutely. So it's fun when we get together and talk about teaching and learning and what's causing teachers heartburn out there. So, uh, so glad to get to talk with you today. Thanks for being here today. I know we're going to talk a little bit about one of the things that uh, brings up heartburn with teachers, and that's lack of time. Time, time, Uh, time. Yeah, (laughs) it's a big one, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we just can't seem to find enough of it, not enough buckets of time anywhere. So I hear it every time I go into schools or classrooms, and it's like, I just don't have time for that, Stace. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and, and you're going to offer some solutions, I hope, for us today as well. Absolutely, absolutely. The number one thing we hear from teachers everywhere we go is, I need more time. I mean, it is the number one request. So we thought dedicating this podcast to teacher time uh, would be appropriate for those that are looking for a little bit more of it. So have you found a way to extend the 24-hour day? Is that what you're telling me? Oh my God, like, listen, if I had a magic wand that I could wave, right, and give you 25 hours, right, then I would like be the magician of all time. But here's the thing I have to tell you. If I gave you 25, most of you would be one in 26. If I gave you 26, you'd want 27, right? So I have discovered that it's actually not about the amount of time, right? If there's 24 hours in a day, that time is fixed. It is finite. We cannot make more of it. So we cannot get into negotiations with God about more time. The time is what it is. What we have to do instead is we have to be more effective and efficient with the time that has been given, right? Like that is truly where uh, where the secret sauce is. Yeah, I agree. And and being a brand new teacher coming in, it seems like I could stay up 24 hours a day and never get enough done. But um, I look at some of those more seasoned teachers and I, and I find the envy where I'm like, how are they dragging their cart home at 3.30 and I'm still sitting here at five? Right. So I hope you're gonna give some of that seasoned teacher knowledge um, to our listeners today. So as we talk about time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, when I think about um, some scenarios and I'll open up with one that I talk about in the book, um, you know, we often have situations where we are asked to do a whole lot. You know, um, our administrators come in and they ask us, we're sitting in a faculty meeting and it's like, 
hey, can can you do this one extra thing? Uh, can you get your grades in by this date? Uh, you know, we have a faculty meeting. On, we have a assembly on this date. We have a field trip on this date. And don't, oh, uh, by the way, we have visitors coming into the building on this day. Um, and oh, by the way, your um, planning period, we're going to have to use that for something else this time. Um, and so before you know it, teachers are continually asking the question over and over again, when am I going to do that? Um, and as we continue to stack those things on top of our teachers, uh, we find that the stress level goes up and job, job satisfaction goes down. But we're at a point in this career where it almost seems like every every teacher has to has to have some type of work home balance, like some way of being able to keep up with all the things that they got to do at work at home while they're at home, uh, just so that they can be um, you know, efficient and be able to get all the work done that they need to get done at school. Um, and that's a little bit unfair, wouldn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I know that when I was that brand new teacher coming in, um, I didn't have all my kids and didn't have, you know, a, a lot of outside pull to me. So I could stay till five, six o'clock. Um, and uh, you see these people that are running off to softball practice because they've got kids in the car they got to pick up. And, and that's hard because um, I want to say you got to do the same stuff I'm doing. Like if you want your stuff prepped, you got to be in here prepping. Or, or when are you going to do that? So I think it is a real issue, and and, and a, almost a point that tears some teams apart is you've got teams that have brand new teachers coming in, and they don't have a lot of outside pull. And then you've got some seasoned teachers and some you know teachers even come back to the profession, and they've got responsibilities outside the classroom that that dictate that I cannot spend 24 seven prepping for my kids. No doubt, no doubt. I, I mean, I tell a story about, uh, you know, Teach for America, which is like my, uh, you know, favorite organization out there. One day I wish I could model our organization after that. I think the way that they bring on teachers through their boot camp is just phenomenal. Um, you literally come out of that boot camp with this belief that all kids can learn. It's almost like you're this, you know, walking robot of belief around what kids should know and be able to do. Um, and when you find those TFAers, it's good to bring them into your into your fold uh, because usually they're young, they're fresh out of college, they have a lot of energy. Some of them are not married, so they go home and there's like no distractions, right? It's just them and their dog, them and their cat. And they're just, you know, they're just clunking it out in all hours of the night. They got a laminating machine at home, you know, they're over there making copies in their bedroom. I mean, they have such a phenomenal uh, amount of energy that they can put in toward teaching and learning. And so when that administrator walks into that TFA's room, right, and they see everything that's happening in that room. I mean, the birds are singing, right? You know, the sky opens up, the angels are going, oh my God, what <laughs> teacher teach? I guess, I guess it's like that, right? It's like that. And so the administrator wants to bring out his clipboard. You know, they always walk in with that clipboard and that evaluation tool and they want to start marking off commends. Great job, way to go. You know, you got your kids in differentiated groups and you got all of the, the learning labs set up so that you have experiential learning going on. And this is just a fantastic environment for learning. Um, but then they go down the hall, right? What about that teacher that is a single mom, you know, has four kids and don't necessarily have that same bandwidth at home, right? Like their, their support system even is a little bit different, right? They go home. And I remember I was, I was in this situation. My wife is a, you know, a teacher is me, I as, as well as I am. I remember her coming home with that cart. You remember that big cart that 
all of those papers in it that you roll to the front door um, and you practically leave at that front door because once you walked into that house, everything that you, that, yeah. that you have to tend to at home comes into fruition, right? You got to cook, you got to make sure that the kids get to their extracurricular activities, you got to help with homework, you got to get them tucked in before you look up, it's 10 o'clock at night and you haven't looked at a single lesson plan, right? You don't have a laminating machine at home, you don't have a copier, but when you go back to school, and you walk into that environment, that evaluator is coming right to your room, just like he walked into the TFA's room. And so now we have to look at these two scenarios and ask ourselves really what's happening here. Are we looking at that teacher in that classroom based on their based on what they're doing in the classroom? Or are we looking at that teacher based on what they've done at home, right? All right, that's really hard. Um, as you're, you know, in that team and you're, oh, you're collaborative and we're all sharing everything, but you cannot share that time. You cannot share um, that that person staying up till nine, 10 o'clock prepping for that next lesson because they've got that time and space to do it. And it shouldn't really be on those teachers to be as equitable, like everyone lockstep with that TFA teacher. It, it just is not right. So the big question is, should teacher performance really be that evaluation be heavily you know weigh upon how much time you have outside of your contracted day should that be the evaluating piece yeah that's a that's a really good question there stacy you know when you think about um what administrators see when they walk into a classroom and it's evaluation season and they have to evaluate teacher a versus teacher b it's hard for them number one not to compare teacher A to teacher B. That's we're human. And so it's hard for an administrator to not do that. But but even beyond that, even if the teacher, even if the administrator was able to separate that and don't do uh, a comparison, um, we're still talking about a scenario where a lot of the work that teachers do is actually not at work. Um, oftentimes they come before contract hours um, start or they stay after contract hours. They work on the weekends. They take work home, and in, a, in, a, in a, you know when you think in contrast to the private sector, um, mm -hmm. that would look at that type of environment where you're coming in early and you're working late as kind of going above measure, right? Doing beyond what's normal. Um, in the teaching profession, that type of workload, coming in early, staying late, working on the weekend, is almost an expectation for the profession. Um, and when you think about the pay being where the pay is, um, you don't necessarily expect someone at that level of pay to put in that much work outside of contract hours. So it begins to have an impact on work-life balance. It has an impact on home life. And so what occurs, since that is the norm, since that's the norm, when that evaluator walks into the classroom, they may not be separating out what is what is a, what is what actually occurred during school hours versus right. what actually occurred outside of contract time, right? And, and, and if that evaluator isn't aware that that single mom has to go home, you know, to, to kids and have to tend to all of those extracurricular activities, if that, if that TFA hasn't announced that I have a copy machine at home, um, then that evaluator may be looking at this situation and saying, this TFA is so much better than this single mom. Right. Um, and so that evaluation may be skewed um, because that evaluation seems to be based on at home work capacity. Right. The teacher's capacity to work at home 
seems to be driving that evaluation much more than their capacity to do work at work. So I've always suggested to schools that are trying to make that move from being a reactive school to a proactive school to really set up structures and systems within the school day to literally rethink, retool the way the school day works so that an adequate amount of time is spent in instructional planning and instructional delivery. The two things that teachers have to spend the most of their time on. See, if I was in the workplace, I would be evaluated based on my ability to create a widget that I was hired to create during the work hours that I was hired to create that widget, right? I would not be evaluated based on my ability to create that widget at home. Um, and so we have to now create systems within the school day that allow teachers to get the heavy lifting of their day done during contract time. If that is the case, then that evaluator can go into a classroom and know that I'm evaluating these two teachers that may have very different uh, scenarios happening at home. I'm evaluating them based on what they what I've asked them to accomplish during the work hours and what I actually see them accomplishing during the work hours. Without that system in place, our schools uh, by default will fall into a reactive mode that only reacts to what they see in the classroom without having knowledge of the factors that contributed to what they see happening in the classroom. I know that's a heavy lift, Stacey, for, you know, for our time in this very short podcast, but I do think that there is some energy that we could put right here in terms of building teaching and learning systems that allow teachers to get work done, watch this, at work, right? At work. I hear teachers all around going, yes, preach it, preach it at work. I don't wanna drag that yellow basket home right. and then feel the guilt of loading it back in the car the next morning going, I never even touched it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's so, so powerful. So, um, I mean, you talk about systems and I think any teacher or even teacher leader at this point or admin would love to have things done on site where it's quote unquote kind of supervised within the confines of the day. I think everybody wins on that one. So so you're talking about creating a system um, of intentionality yeah. to really secure that time, right? Is there anything else that you can see that will um, help that that because I think teacher satisfaction is going to go up automatically if I'm not dragging my stuff home. Yeah, well, think about it. You know, when you think about, you know, that description of having to drag work home and having this tremendous burden of getting it all done and knowing that you don't have the structures in place during the school day to get it all done, then the natural, almost organic response to that, what or outcome of that rather, um, is, you know, stress. Is stress going up? Um, and as stress goes up, job satisfaction goes down. As teachers struggle to balance all of the of the of the things that they have been asked to do, if they start to kilter a little bit, and all of a sudden the that work life balance starts to get um, get off, then their stress level goes up and their job satisfaction goes down. Not to mention the work life balance, right? When that begins to negatively impact the home life, um, so that that teacher is not able to be present at home uh, to take care of those things that need to be taken care of at home, then that tends to have a negative impact on their life at work. There is a connection between our work life and our home life. And schools can do, 
in general, a better job of fostering a work-life balance that allows teachers to go home and be a mom and be a dad, uh, you know, to just be single and enjoy life. Um, it would be a powerful thing for the workday to end when the school bell rings and teachers not have to think about that workday until the next day arrives. So how do we get there? What do we need to do? Um, we absolutely need to retool and rethink our systems that we have in place for teaching and learning. Some of those contributors, when you think about job satisfaction, we have a lot of initiatives that are being thrown at teachers. And those, in those initiatives often feel chaotic. Um, our teachers are suffering from one of my really good friends and mentors, Doug Reeves, has referred to um, as initiative fatigue. Um, that means that we've thrown so much at our teachers that they start to get tired and weary. And if they hear another initiative, they feel like they are truly going to lose their mind. But if we continue to throw initiatives out there without thinking systematically, how do those systems work together to improve teaching and learning without in, in, uh, in, in increasing the workload um, on teachers. If we don't think that all the way through, then we're gonna keep putting initiative after initiative. And as that stress continues to go up, then you can imagine job satisfaction is going down. Here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is, and you can look at the recent research, we have a teacher shortage going on in America. Um, we are losing teachers faster than we can hire them. And we have to understand as leaders um, that are trying to make the system better, that a big part of that is job satisfaction. A big part of that is the workload that we've asked teachers to do during the school day. And that workload, when compared to workloads in other professions and the pay in other professions, is, is, is putting teachers in a, in a place where they have to make a choice. They have to make a choice for their life because we have not set up systems of support within the school day that allow for those teachers to get an adequate amount of their work done at work. Lastly, accountability. Think about accountability. In addition to initiative fatigue, our teachers also have an increase in accountability. Um, it's almost as if we're blaming them for the outcomes of their students, as if they have the power to control student performance. No, they have the power to influence student performance, but they do not have the power to control it. So as accountability goes up, as these initiatives cause fatigue, job satisfaction goes down, teachers cannot find the time. So we have to rethink our school day systems. We have to do what is most important of all, we have to hold teaching and learning time sacred. I agree, wow, that's a big mouthful. But I think um, if we all did that, if we truly did hold that teaching and learning space so much in the school day, I think teachers would be so much happier and feel that burden lift off as they hop into their cars and head off um, instead of all the things that they're mentally preparing in their list of things they've got to do when they get home, in addition to all their home duties. So I think that's awesome. Um, I can't wait to take a look at those systems and, and talk about those more in detail because I know you've got them lined out in your new book um, and everything that we do, but I am all for getting more time for Absolutely. teachers at home to be off the clock and present with their families. I think that's wonderful. So, Say it with me, time to teach. Time to teach. That's so right. time to teach should be happening during the contract day. Everybody with us. Are that's you guys right. with us out there? That's right. <laughs> 
I think that's awesome. Well, thank you, AT, for sharing that little nugget of time. Um, I, I, I hope our listeners found that inspiring and also uh, realistic that we can do it. We can do this. This is not an unattainable thought or a pie in the sky um, thinking. This is this can happen. You've seen it happen, yes? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've seen it. I've been working in schools for the last couple of decades, and, and I've seen those schools that really do embrace holding that teaching and learning time sacred and being able to uh, maximize that time. I've seen those schools with job satisfaction go through the roof, turnover, turnover, teacher turnover go down, and student proficiency go up at the same time. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. So I'm excited as we uh, jump on this journey to get our time back and just being more efficient. Thanks for talking with us today. Thanks for sharing. Um, so you got that dad joke locked. Are you ready? Oh, that's dead joke time. Dead joke time. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Um, so just got hospital hospitalized uh, due to a peekaboo incident. And I can't believe they've put me in. I see you. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, as promised, slow clap. Yeah. Okay. God, I love it. I tickle myself so much. Yeah, I'm glad you're you're laughing out there. So I see you. Great. So they put you if you have a peekaboo accident. In the I see you. I get it. Okay, so I'm gonna move right on. So <laughs> anyway, we hope you have uh, enjoyed your time here with PD Napod and AT Nelson. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support. Um, gotta give you a little quote as you go out the door, always leaving you with a thinking piece. So it says from Henry Ford, a good old guy who talks about systems all the time. Most people spend more time and energy going around the problems than trying to solve them. So. We are here trying to solve some time problems with teaching and learning, and we hope you got a little nugget from today's podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll hope to see you soon. Take care. Bye for now. We hope you will like and subscribe to our podcast and share with anyone you think would like to hear about proactive teaching and learning solutions.